United Church. How you feeling today? Come on, how we feeling? Let me ask you again, the Sunday following Thanksgiving, how are you feeling today? Come on, Milford Campus, how are you feeling? Come on, can we just give it up that we are one church, one, two locations? God, I'm just so thankful for today. Listen, uh, you may be wondering, like, his, his, his table's not out, his TV's, they, they messed up, like something happened. No, I've got something I want to share with you today as we lead up into our legacy offering coming up on December the 12th. I'm so excited for this. And some of you may wonder, what is the legacy offering? It's our opportunity to pour more, more fuel on the fire of what God is doing here at United Church. And listen, I thought one of my, one of my most favorite, favoritest, most favorite lanes that we have of impact and legacy is United University. And I figured, you know, we could show you in a million different ways, but I just figured I would invite some of my friends up onto the stage to share with you today. And so I wanna invite Amanda Stearns, Parker Sard, and Shade Truett up on the stage with me. I just wonder if we could get both campuses, if we could give it up for them today, come on. Oh man. Oh, y'all can do better than that. These people are amazing. Give it up for them, give it up for them, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, listen, I, I just got to tell you, church, I got to tell you that as we head into this season and as, even as Pastor Dino was talking about last week that we pray and that we plan and that we participate in the legacy offering coming up December the 12th, where it's literally an opportunity for us to go over and above what our, our level and step of obedience when it comes to, to giving, man, I just am so excited for this. And today I want to share three of my, my friends, three of, of my people with you. And uh, Amanda, I want to start with Amanda Stearns. And um, I, just tell me a little bit about United University and your journey, because you've been on quite the journey when it comes to every side of, of United University. Tell us a little bit about that. So uh, some of you may know this about me and some of you may not. I did not grow up in church. Uh, so I gave my life to Jesus when I was probably 17, a junior in high school. And so church was not like in my plan. Working in a church was not my ever a part of my plan. Um, but in 2018, I stepped into apprenticeship. I was one of the first four apprentices ever uh, to kick off United University. And then I was able. Yeah, yeah that's what awesome. yeah. It's grown a lot. Um, and so then I was able to step into residency for two years. And when I completed my residency, I was able to transition onto full-time staff, now working with United University. So being able to see apprentices and residents step into their purpose and their calling that maybe they never saw, um, seeing like them come to life. And it's, it's just been such a gift to me. So it's been awesome. Come on, y'all give it up for Amanda. What an amazing. Parker, um, many may know this, some may not, but me and Parker have been eating lunch together since he was a sixth grader. And um, I was not in sixth grade, you were in sixth grade. And I was getting the extra cheese sticks at W.T. Chipman. I'm like, Miss Vicky, the cafeteria lady, I'm like, give me the extra mozzarella sticks. Come on, somebody. Y'all don't know nothing about them. Come on, the, the fake McRib, like as if the real McRib was not fake. Come on, somebody, I was asking for extras. But I was eating lunch with you back then. But Parker, it's been amazing to see you grow. Tell me a little bit about what United University has, has meant to you. Yeah, man, United University is completely changed my life. Um, I remember when I stepped in a little over like four years ago, I was in college. I was getting a degree in history education. I want to be a history teacher. Um, but it was like a season I was enduring and it's not like I was looking forward to the future. Um, but you was like my last ditch, ditch effort. Like it was a Hail Mary. Like I didn't know what was going to be attached to it. But um, when I stepped in, I didn't realize how much I actually needed it. There was things in my life that I was lacking things I didn't get to see, like growing up, a um, little bit about myself, like my parents split at a very young age, so I didn't have that male figure in my life, but uh, one of my favorite things about UU is the model that like Pastor Kenneth and the staff said, like, 
I never knew what it was like to show affection to a spouse. I never knew what it was like to um, be my kid's superhero. But to see you guys model that for me, um, it's been one of my favorite. Like the leadership lessons are great, but the model that you guys said has been my favorite point. I mean, one of my favorite things, there's a million reasons why I shouldn't be up here. There's a million reasons why I shouldn't have the opportunities that I do. But um, you guys, y'all didn't see me where I was. Y'all called out the potential in me. Y'all saw me where I could be, not just like 5, 10, but 15 years from now. And y'all done anything and everything. And they've done anything and everything to push me to it. Now I'm excited for my future. Like, I'm excited to um, one day hopefully be united for the rest of my life. And if I would have known the opportunity and the journey that was attached to it, uh, the yes, I would have been terrified, but now looking back four years, I'm just grateful. Come on. So, I mean, you know, university is, I'm just grateful in the journey that I've been on. It's just, it's just great. So good. So good. Come on, give it up for Parker. Shade, before you, before you go, I just got to acknowledge this. She says four people were apprentices. Now there's 40 people in apprenticeship. That's literally 10X. And I just wonder if in four years, if God does... 10x. I just wonder if our if our provision will have matched what God wants to do. I, I, I just I speak that. I, I didn't even plan on saying that, but I feel prophetically that like maybe maybe that just maybe it moves us. Shade, would you share with us? You are you are in um, you're in the business world, and uh, somehow you make this work as an apprentice. Apprentices, a little bit about that. People may not know is there's eight hours during the week that you give and uh, invest, let's say, and uh, eight hours that most people could not even find if they tried, but you somehow did. Tell us a little bit about how this has impacted your world. Yeah, so I am a church girl, born and raised in the church, and so I didn't want another Bible school. I didn't need another devotion time. I needed something that was going to change my life because I was wore out in my business board. I work in government affairs, and you all know what's going on in the news, and so I was wore out. And I didn't know where to go to find refuge. And so after talking to Pastor Kenneth and dodging Pastor Mark's text messages, I said, let me go ahead and just surrender to the call that I feel the Holy Spirit is leading me to do. And so when I stepped in there on Tuesdays, to be honest, it was very hard to sacrifice eight hours a day. But just like with your tie, when you just trust God to just figure out the rest, he just figures out the rest. And so for eight hours a day on a Tuesday, my life changed. I'm the better because of it. I lead my organization better. I lead my team better. That I am a better steward of my time and the gifts that God has given me. All we've been on that Tuesday. And Pastor Mark is an incredible teacher along with the team. But he preached one. Well, he doesn't preach. But he, I'm, I'm his amen corner. So he do be preaching to me. Uh, so the very first session was the seven checkpoints of ministry. I wanted to crawl under the table and cry because in that moment, God gave me clear direction on why I was in United University, that I'm an ambassador for Christ at my job on Monday through Friday, and that I have to go in there on a kingdom assignment to every elected and non-elected official and let them know that I stand for righteousness. So I don't care what decision y'all make in this state, but Sade is here to stand for righteousness, and I want to make sure that we steward that to the people that come into our state of the better because of it. So I speak to that weary business person, that weary businesswoman, I, I promise you, if you give God God, that eight, he's gonna blow your mind with the rest of your week. Come on. <laughs> oh, come on. Can we just give it up one more time for all of my friends? Come on. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Oh my goodness. I um man, I, I felt like I was like, I just gotta share some of my friends because I like, man, if I could give right now, I would give y'all. I, me and Sherry have been praying and asking God, God, would you show us what we are supposed to do to participate in the legacy offering? And uh man, he's He's given me a number that I'm, uh, you ever been not excited about a number that God gives you? Yeah. 
And so we, we've been praying. I'm praying a little bit more. I'm like, are you sure? You sure? You sure? But um, man, I just want us to spend a moment before we jump into the rest of today and uh, collectively as a church, because I just got to look, I got to look you in the eye and tell you this, is that God is doing something supernatural through United University. And maybe you've never been on the apprenticeship piece. You've never been a resident. But can I tell you that there's an intensive coming up next year that you could be a part of that maybe you're like, man, this, this is how I, I, I dip my toe in the water to see what they're talking about. And maybe that is, that's for you. But God's doing something special. He's doing something unique. And so I just thought it would be awesome for us to just pause for a moment as a church to pray for what God is doing. And can we pray for Pastor Mark even as he leads that? Is that okay? Is that okay? Church, we do that? Yeah. Um, some of you guys will never know. Some of you guys will never know the gift that he is to United Church. And if you know, you know. But if you don't know, you need to know that he's a gift to this house. He's a gift to this church. He has a unique calling and anointing on his life. And so let's pray for him. Let's pray for United University. Jesus, thank you so much for a church like this. God, thank you so much for people like this. And so God, we just ask God that, Lord, as you are already moving through United University, God, I ask that you would continue to pour out your favor, God that you would go before us. And God, in four years, we've seen 10X of apprentices from four to 40. And God, I just believe that maybe in the next four years, we may see more of the same. But God, I pray for your, our people, all of us, God, to get on board with this idea of legacy. Lord Jesus, I pray. God, if somebody hears me asking them for money, God, would you correct their heart? God, I pray that boldly. It has nothing to do with their money. It has everything to do with how you're moving. So God, we come alongside whatever you want to do. Lord, we pray for Pastor Mark. We're so grateful for him, Alicia. So Jesus, we give you all honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Man, I'm so excited today. I might just preach right off the platform today. It's gonna be a good day. I gotta tell you this, Pastor Mark and Alicia, um, she was leading worship here at Dover today. Um, but they are expecting their first child. How amazing is that? That's awesome. I don't know. Um, I think that's okay. Micaiah is going to be a warrior for Jesus. And uh, he is, um, he's already anointed. Um, he's singing harmonies while his mama's on the stage already. He's, uh, if you heard that low-end harmony, that was Micaiah. Come on, somebody. And, uh, but man, I'm so excited for everything that God is doing. The last thing I want to tell you before we jump in today is uh, this coming Saturday, we have our Christmas store coming up. And um, man, if you uh, know of anybody, have anybody that would benefit from um, being able to pick up Christmas items at a re very reduced cost, man, I want to encourage you. Your MC, your, your campus pastor is going to tell you more about that at the end of the experience. Um, but man, this will be an opportunity for them to jump in. But today, we jump into week number one of this series, Difference Maker. And y'all, I've been waiting for this series, on the edge of my seat, waiting for this series, Difference Maker, to come around, um, because it is going to be one that I believe is going to change the trajectory of our church. But I got a question I want to ask you. How many of you have ever found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time? You ever found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time? Yeah, yeah. You, you've, you've all been there. We've all been in the wrong place at the wrong time. I remember when I was in college and uh, some of y'all, like as soon as I said college, you were like, yeah, Pastor, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. A lot of times, don't raise your hand. Anyways, yeah, yeah. But, but you, you, I found myself in the wrong place 
at the wrong time. Me and uh, a couple of my friends were hanging out and uh, every college story has to have Davy Blackburn in it, right? Because that's just the way, that was my life. It was like me and Davy and Sherry. Like that was like the, the, not the order, it was me and then Sherry and Davy, right? We had what we called Davy dates. We always hung out together, but Sherry wasn't in, in on this trip, but it was me and Davy and it was another friend, Gavin. And we're hanging out at this mall down in Georgia and uh, we we're having a good time and, and uh, man, it was, it was, it was a great, 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 great night. I remember uh, really some of the, those memories, but there was one memory in particular that stood out to me. We decided that we were going to go grab some dinner. And so we, we, there was a Chili's attached to the mall. How many of y'all know when you're in college, come on, Chili's is five stars, somebody. Come on, somebody. They, they, got, they, got, the, uh, they got the fajitas. Come on, you, you can get some, you could get the, the, the nachos with the, the queso dip. You know, like you, you, they could put a little, um, little meat on top of the queso. You thought you'd done arrived when you were in college. You're like, yes, sir. And so we, we, had, we put our name in for Chili's and uh, my mom was paying because I had her credit card. Anyways, that's beside the point. Um, but uh, I, I was, we were waiting for Chili's and, and there was a little bit of a, a so we're, we're kind of hanging out outside of the, of the store. Now, mind you, Chili's is attached to the mall. It's inside the mall. There's like the walking little thoroughfare of the mall. There's Chili's, and then there's like a, a chest height wall that divides tables from where people are, are walking in the mall. And so we're just hanging out there, and we're cutting up like college guys do. And, and I'm telling a story, and, and, and Gavin's like, he's like, I was about to say Pastor Kenneth. I wasn't Pastor Kenneth back then. I was just Kenneth back then. He's like, he was like, Kenneth, shut up, man. I was like, nah, you shut up. He's like, nah, shut up. And I'm like, I'm like listen, and I, I pushed him not hard. Like it wasn't like a, like we're about to go. You know what I'm saying? It was like a, like stop playing, man. Right. And so I pushed him and all of a sudden, so Gavin overplays this thing. How many of you got the friend that overplays everything? Like you touch them. It's like watching the NBA. They're like, you know, they're like flopping all over the place. You know, like LeBron gets touched with his, somebody's pinky and he's like falling all over the place. Anyway, that's beside the point. But, but, but I, I touch him. He falls backwards and it would have been fine because it was a wall behind him except for one thing. There was a planter on top of the wall about yay big. In the south, that means about this big. I push him. His back hits the wall. The planter goes over the wall. And now we have ourselves a situation. Because on the other side of the wall, there are some ladies who are having a fine dinner at Chili's. The planter, full of potting soul, so it lands on their table and shatters everything on their table. Y'all, I wish I could exaggerate this story, but it is impossible to exaggerate. This lady proceeds, everything shatters, like shards of plate are going, people are diving, waiters and waitresses are like going under the table, that didn't happen, but the, 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 the plates, they, 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 blow, they explode all of a sudden, and this lady jumps up from the table and she goes, oh! Oh, and I'm like, oh, you know, luckily there's like the, the three-quarter chest height wall in between us. And I'm like, what, what? You know what I'm saying? I'm playing, I didn't do that. But she's like, oh, and then she says, who am I going to sue? Who am I going to, I'm like, oh, who am I going to sue? She starts going, she's looking at us, like giving us the what for. I'm like, listen, ma'am, you can sue me. My name is David James Blackburn. <laughs> You can, my, my phone number is, and I started like throwing out his number. I'm like, you can sue me. I, I'm, I didn't do any of that, but I'm like, oh my, the manager comes in and I don't even remember how the story re resolves, but it, I didn't get sued. It must've been Chili's that got sued. I don't know, but we were in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
And some of you, like, you've been in that moment where you feel like you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And as I started thinking about this series, Difference Maker, I started thinking about, you know, that's probably how many of my people, when I say my people, I'm talking about my family, my, my church family. That's probably how many of my people feel when they go to work on Monday. That's probably how in your occupation, in your nine to five, like you feel like, man, I, I feel like, Pastor Ken, I'm just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, I feel like that, that, that I show up on Monday, I wake up on Monday. Yo, it's easy to get up on Sunday. I'm like, let's go to church. I'm about to worship. There's joy in the house of the Lord, right? And I'm like waving my finger, getting in it when I'm worshiping. Like, like hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. And I'm singing, you're too good. It's easy to wake up on Sunday. But what about, what about Monday? I feel like I'm just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And maybe for some of you, like, man, I feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. Well, that's awesome because percentages would say that you're part of the 15% of people who actually enjoy their job. There was research done by a group by the name of Gallup, and they do polls, and they do polls all over the world, and they interviewed a ton of people all over the world. And, and out of the 1 billion people who are part of the full-time workforce all over the world, 15% of people said that they are actually engaged in their job. One five, not five zero, 15%. 15% say they love what they do. And 85% said that they could really care less. So what if today and over the next several weeks, we came to the realization, and maybe you just let me talk you into this, to actually believing that you are in the right place at the right time. You know, because many of us, we, we spend our entire lives looking to find purpose. We, we spend so much of our life like, like thinking that just around the next bend or behind that bush or somewhere there's going to be a discovery where we find our purpose. Like it's just going to like hop out. And so we spend our 20s, 20s like seeking it. We're like, you know, like if I can just, and maybe you're not to your 20s yet. You're like, you're 15. And you're like, man, that's, that's for later. Like that's cool. That, that's, this will still speak for you. But, but like in your 20s, you're like, you're seeking that thing out, right? And then in your 30s, you start to get a little bit more serious about this thing because you're like, I need to discover my purpose because I got student loans from my 20s. And then we get to the 40s and we're like, we're starting to freak out a little bit because we haven't discovered this thing. We're like, I don't, I don't know. Like maybe this is, maybe something happened and I didn't do this thing right. And then we get to our 50s and we're like freaking out because we feel like maybe that we've missed out and maybe we reach our 60s and 70s and we find ourselves telling ourselves like, why even bother at this point to even try to discover our purpose? Can I just give you a spoiler alert before we even get to the end of the series and before we even get to the end of today? that yours and my purpose was already shared for us 2,000 years ago. That Jesus actually shared with us the purpose that we should walk in 2,000 years ago. And if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus, our purpose is already laid out for us in the form of what's called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Now, some of you would say, Pastor Ken, what's the Great Commission? And I'll explain it here in just a minute. And the reason I love United Church is because we never assume that everybody knows everything. 
That's one of the things that I love about this place. One of the things that I love about our church is, is that there's no like Bible professionals where we're like, you didn't know that? I <laughs> gotcha. Like we're not doing that around. Like that's just not how we roll. Like we, we want to make sure that everybody knows what, they're, what, they're, what we're talking about. And so we'll, we'll kind of break that down, the idea of the great commission here in a moment. But I, I want to tell you this, that it doesn't matter what you do. Can I tell you that our purpose, every single one of us, that our purpose is ultimately the same. It's the great commission. Teacher, the Great Commission. Business person, the Great Commission. Employee, Great Commission. Admin, Great Commission. Jesus goes to the cross in the book of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, and he raises again, he rises from the grave three days later. And then after he rises from the grave, he gathers in his people. He gathers in his disciples because he has something that he wants to share with them. So something that I believe that, that he was not only sharing with them, but he was sharing with us so that we would know where to go from here. If you got your Bible, you want to follow along, we'll be in Matthew chapter 28 in just a moment. Matthew chapter 28. This is where we find what's called the Great Commission. And I think that for too many of us, the problem is, is that we live the great omission instead of living the Great Commission. And today, my, 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 the way that I would uh, encourage you or the way that I would spur us on is that we would walk in these words that Jesus said. Check it out, Matthew chapter 28, verse number 16. It says this, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But I love this, but don't, don't, don't miss this. But some doubted. Jesus had just been to the cross had just resurrected from the grave, but some doubted. And we get frustrated with people in our communities of faith when they doubt their relationship with Jesus. They had just seen Jesus rise from the grave. Y'all, this is crazy. So I'm, I'm convinced y'all ate too much stuffing this past week. I'm convinced. <laughs> because I'm excited and y'all don't seem excited. I'm not sure if I'm just like, if I'm not reading the room. I'm not sure if like, if, if I had too much coffee, I'm not sure what happened, but I'm pumped about this word today. But then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Here, here's the Great Commission, verse 19. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he gathers them in. He says, you want to make a difference? You, you want to be a difference maker in this life? Jesus is like, you got to go. Like, you, you want to leave a mark on this world? You, you want to leave a mark on the earth? Like, like you got to go. Like, He's saying, listen, you, you got to understand that if you want to be a different, you got to live out the great commission. And so today I want to give you, I want to kind of walk back through that. I want to give you some of the last words that Jesus said to, to his disciples, but he also said to me and you so that we know how to live this thing out. Check out what he says in verse 18, the first part of 19. He says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Then he says, go therefore, go therefore. 
And Jesus in that moment, he's speaking to those people that he loved, the people that had just seen him be crucified and now they've seen him raised from the dead. And he's saying, listen, if you want to make a difference, you got to go. Church, can I tell you that if you and I want to make a difference, that you and I must go. Why? Check it out. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Because he has chosen you. He has chosen you. Oh man, church, I want you to hear me say this today. I, I want you to look me in the eyes today. If you're in the room in Dover, if you're in Milford, if you're watching online, I want you to hear me say this today is that you are God's plan A. I don't think you heard me. You, you are God's plan A. Yep. Yep, too much turkey. You, you have to hear me say this that you are not follower of Jesus, you are not God's plan C. You are not God's plan D, E, F. You are not God's plan X, Y, or Z. You are God's plan A. Oh, Pastor Kenneth, I work at Walmart. He has chosen you. You are God's plan A. Oh, Pastor Kenneth, no, no, I, I just work at Walmart. <laughs> you don't just do anything. You are a missionary sent by God to Walmart. <laughs> oh, pa Pastor Kenneth, you, you, don't, you don't understand. You don't know, like, like I work at a school. You are God's plan A. Dear God, if any time there's ever been, you are God's plan A. Oh, Pastor Kenneth, you, you, you don't, but you don't know what the union has to say. Listen, the union doesn't know about my God. And here's what I got to tell you today. Here's what I, you are God's, you are a missionary sent into the school system to be an ambassador. Sade was preaching my message. She starts talking. I say, you girl, you stop talking. You better take my content. I don't care where you go. He has chosen you, that you are his plan A. Pastor Ken, I'm not in charge where I work. You're God's plan A. You're a missionary. He has chosen you. He's not surprised that your feet ended up where you are. He's not like, oh, they took a seasonal job at Target? Oh, they're working at the outlets for the season? No, he already knew that was gonna happen and he puts you there to be his plan. Hey, he has chosen you. He has, and if you want to wake up with purpose, if you wanna wake up and like, not just like, okay, I guess I'll go to work and make some money, but your feet hit the floor and the devil go, oh crap, they're up. Like you gotta realize that he has chosen you. Some of you are more offended that I said crap than you are that the devil is intimidated by you waking up. <laughs> and that's the problem. We, we, we get sissy sometimes when it comes to church talk. We got to get aggressive. Mm. I'm, I'm sassy today. <laughs> I'm, mm. But Pastor Kenneth, like the chosen ones, the chosen ones are the pastors and the missionaries. No, no, no. You are the chosen one. Like I jump in with you. Together, collectively, he has, he's chosen you. I'm reading this book and I'm um, going through it with some, some guys. It's, it's, uh, it's actually one of the better books I've, I've ever read. It's called Faith Driven Entrepreneur. And uh, if, you, if you're a reader or a listener and you like, um, and you like 
to grow and be stretched. It's, it's an amazing book, Faith-Driven Entrepreneur. But there's this part where he says this. He, he, says, he says, God is, is poised to use you. Don't be surprised by that. It's been his plan all along. Check it out. In the book of Acts, which is the fifth book of the New Testament, as the gospel spread like wildfire, we read records of 40 different miracles. I told you we serve the God of miracles. But he says this. He says, of those 40, 39 took place outside the church. So if you're wondering where God wants to do something miraculous, chances are it's not in my place of employment, but in yours. And I read that. I said, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I did a little happy dance. I'm like, oh, my my people, my my friends, my family, they they have to know this. They have to know this, that that if God's going to do something miraculous, if you just take the the, the New Testament as an example, that 39 of the 40 miracles that happened, come on, can I tell you that wherever you find yourself, come on, he has chosen you for that assignment. Like you are on assignment where you are. You may get a paycheck from the state. You may get a paycheck from the military. But come on, can I tell you, they may think that they're sending you, but God has already ordained your steps. God already knows where you're going to be. I feel the momentum rising, Pastor Nick. I feel it rising in the room right now. I feel it. I feel it rising. Check check out what he says again in, in, in verse 18, 19. He says, and Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he says, go Therefore, we already read this, but I want to point something out. Jesus says that all authority, every ounce of authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Speaking of Jesus, it's been, been given to him. And what does Jesus do with it? He gives it away. He says all authority has been given to me on on heaven and on earth, and he passes it to me and you. Can you just imagine, think with me for a second, can you imagine that the fears the disciples must have had? Literally on the mountain, it says that some doubted. Like they they just saw him, he was was murdered, he raised from the grave, and they still doubted. And they're standing there around this, around this, and and Jesus is talking to them, and Peter's standing right there, and they're like, "You, you just saw what this guy did. Like he just... He just like doubt, he just like betrayed you three times, said he didn't know you three times. Thomas, this guy's a reject. And you're putting like, you're putting authority, you're giving the authority to. And can I tell you that in that moment, Jesus passes his authority to these guys that had dropped the ball, these guys who, who probably felt inadequate. And can I tell you today that Jesus is doing the same for me and you? With all of your excuses, with all of our inadequacies, with how disqualified that we might feel, all the mistakes that we've made, the history that we have, Jesus is saying, no, no, I I trust you with this. And not only do I trust you, I have chosen you for this I've chosen you for this moment. Like their training was over. In this moment, their training was over and it was time to go. That he has passed the baton on to you and I to run with it. No matter where you, I just drive a truck. No, no, he's chosen you. I just, like, I just make deliveries. No, no, he has chosen you. Like I'm gonna hit every occupation before we're done today. You understand that, right? That's, that's my goal. I've got them all on the back screen. They're all back. I'm just kidding. They're not back there. Don't look. 
But he has chosen you for this moment. He has chosen you for this time. You are God's plan A. You're God's plan A. He continues on in verse 19. He says, go therefore, this is where we left off a moment ago. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Jesus says, listen now, I, I, I want you to understand this, that, that I've chosen you, but I, I want you to understand this, that, that he's chosen you, but he's also, he's equipped you. If you're writing down, I want you to write that down. He's equipped you. Some of you, if you could raise your hand, you would raise your hand and say, well, Pastor Ken, I don't, I don't feel equipped. I don't feel ready. Like, I hear you call this thing an experience. I still call it a service. I'm not ready. <laughs> Why do you call it an experience? Because we want people to experience the presence of God. And terminology matters. I don't feel ready. Pastor Ken, I, I don't feel ready. I, I see like Amanda talk. I see Parker talk. I see Sade talk. They're ready. I don't feel, I don't feel ready. And church, can I be bold enough to tell you that he has equipped you. He has equipped you. Check, check out this verse again. The verse again says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Church, can I tell you that he has equipped you with all that you need to do what he has asked. He has equipped you to do everything that he, he, everything that he has placed inside of you. He has equipped you to do every single thing. Let me just ask you a couple questions because you're like, I, I don't feel equipped. Let me ask you these questions. Like, what has God done in your life? What has he done in your life? Because here's the deal. If you can answer that question, he's equipped you. What, has, what is God doing in your life? Not, not past tense, but what are you currently experiencing him? What, what is he doing in your life? Can, can I tell you, if you can answer that question, which I believe that if you showed up on Sunday and you could have been a million different places, I believe you could probably answer that question. Like he's doing something great in your life. He's doing something special in your life. Church, do you feel it? Like he's, he's, do, he's, he's, he's like weaving your story together. He's writing this beautiful plan for you and you may not be able to see it yet, but he's doing something great in your life. He has equipped you. You know, maybe, maybe for you, it's, it's not really, um, it, it's not clicking yet. I, I wanna give you two questions that, that really, um, that, that would help me when I was thinking about this is what has he gifted me with? When you're thinking about this idea, like, I don't feel equipped, Pastor Kenneth. I don't feel, I don't feel like I've been equipped for this. Like, what, what, is he, what is he gifted you with? And maybe you're good at listening to people. Can I just tell you this? That, that being good at listening to people is, is not just like, that, that's, that doesn't come naturally for everybody. Like, I'm not naturally good at just like sitting down and listening to people's issues. Anybody, don't raise your hand. Anybody, but you're with me, Right? Like you're over coffee and people are telling you like, what's going on? And you're like, get it together, man. Like, that's what you want to do. You want to be like, bro, you got to get it together. You got you to get it. But what has he gifted you with? Because here's the deal. If he's gifted you with listening, there's going to come a time that when you listen to someone, they're going to ask you a question and then they're going to listen to you. And so he's already 
He's already equipped you. The, the second question, what is he asking me to do? What is the divine to do as Pastor Dino so eloquently talked about last week? What is the divine to do that he's placed on your life? I, I believe that for all of us, God is asking us to do something. He has chosen you, that you are God's plan A. He has equipped you, but Jesus ends with a promise that is so beautiful in Matthew chapter 28, verse number 20, the second part. He says, and behold, I am with you. Always to the end of the age. Oh, come on. He says, I am with you always to the end of the age. The last thing, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down is that he is with you. That he has chosen you. He has equipped you. And the beautiful thing about all of it is that he is with you. Come on, he says, I'm with you to the end of the age. Jesus is that ride or die friend. Jesus is like, listen, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Like I am with you in this moment. Jesus, like every time you clock in, I'm with you. Every time you drive that route, God is with you. Every time you go to work, God is with you. Every boardroom you are in, God is with you. Every deal that you close, God is with you. Come on, you have the God of the universe and he's on your side. If God is for us, who could be against us? You see, following this statement that Jesus makes, the Great Commission, the world is forever changed. You've got to see this. The world is, it, it never looks the same. And within weeks of Jesus making this statement and, and going to heaven within weeks that there's, there's thousands of people who are, who are claiming the name of Jesus. And then months and years go by and there's hundreds of thousands of people who claim the name of Jesus. And then as years and months go by and decades go by and centuries go by, there's Millions of people who claim the name of Jesus. And today there are 2.5 billion people who call Jesus their king. 2.5 billion people who listened to this message and said, oh, the great commission, he's chosen me, he's equipped me, he's with me. These people that listened to this message, come on, they were sent on mission to do the very work of God. And now 2.5 billion people are standing or sitting in a worship experience much like this, singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There were 11, now there's 2.5 billion. Now there's 2.5 billion. Imagine when there's 7 billion. Come on, dream with me for a second. Dream with me for a second. I talk to people all the time, like you, you don't know, you don't know what you've gotten into. You don't know what you've gotten into. Like you stirred the hornet's nest. Like you went, you went up like into the mid-Atlantic, almost into the Northeast, and God gave you a word like love Delaware until their heart beats like mine. Like you don't know what you're getting into. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, <laughs> I serve the God who created every single one of the people who call this state their home. 
Hammer. Bring it. He's chosen me. He's chosen you. He's equipped me. He's equipped you. He's with me. He's with you. And these gentlemen who Jesus was talking to had just watched him be paraded up a hill to be whipped beyond recognition and to be nailed to a cross. And then he shows up to them after he's raised from the grave. Come on, I I know that some doubted, but there were some other ones who had steel in their backbone. Because if he is risen, church, can I tell you that everything else is on the table? If he is risen, come on, we're going into Christmas season. I'm talking about Easter, but he is risen. If he is risen, then anything is possible. And I love what D.L. Moody, oh, old, amazing preacher said this. He said, if God is your partner, make your plans big. Make your plans big. And can I just tell you, can I just dream with you for a moment? Y'all, if you could see what I see for this state and for this church, it would literally, your head might explode. But you know why I'm able? Because God is my partner. And I would never insult him with small plans. here's what I know about you is I truly believe that you you every single one of you are difference makers and that in your heart of hearts you believe this to be true and I love what Pastor Dino said last week I was so nervous the whole time he's preaching because he didn't know the series that we were going into. And I'm like, dear God, stop preaching my content. You ever, like, it's only like preacher fear, right? You ever go to a conference and you want to be first because you don't want to be last because somebody might preach your message. And then you're like, what do I do? Let's pray. No. But we live in a world that wants you to be discouraged at what you do. I'll make a difference when. My purpose will be manifest, dot, dot, dot. Like it's just my 20s, it's just my 30s. And I believe that that is one of the greatest ploys of the enemy, to lull you to sleep, to not being effective for the kingdom of God. You are called to make a difference today. Not in the next season, not when you get the job that you've been praying for today. So for distraction's sake, I just wanna ask you if you would bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. Just wanna spend a moment in reflection. Maybe today you would just spend a moment just asking God to give you vision for your job. Maybe you just ask him, say, God, would you help me to see it as holy and redemptive 
God, would you help me to, to see it as an opportunity to live on the mission field? God, every interaction that I have, would it be for your glory? every head still bowed, every eye still closed. I just got to tell you this. I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit. What I'm not saying is that you've got to show up to work tomorrow and slam people over the head with the Bible. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that you live life-giving and you watch what happens. You love people well and watch what happens. You treat people right. You lead with integrity and watch what happens. So God, we just come to you today. So thankful that you have planted our feet right where we are. God, you chose me to do this, but God, you also chose all of my friends to do what they do. So Jesus, we just pause for a moment to say, Thank you. God, may our work, may we see our work as holy and redemptive. God, whether we're digging a ditch, whether we're sweeping a street, whether we're working retail, whether we're leading a business, whether we're involved with politics or policy, would we live as people who are sent? Father, when we feel inadequate, God, would we lean into the reality that you are with us? So Jesus, I pray for my family, church family, God, that we would would wake up tomorrow. God, I envy those who have a shift today, God, that they're gonna be able to walk in, their head held high, knowing that they are an ambassador sent on a mission as God's plan A. the environment they're in. Jesus, you are so good to us. We give you all praise. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.